to 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we appreciate having the Rochesters here with us today, and I hope you all like to minister to. 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to look at those precious promises that we've been talking about this morning. All the children up through age 8, you're welcome to go to Children's Church if you like, all the children up through age 8. We appreciate all our faithful workers in Children's Church. Has it been good to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. We appreciate you being here. Very familiar passage of Scripture found in 2 Timothy, the New Testament book of 2 Timothy chapter 3. And once you find your place, I'll begin reading with verse 14. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I'll begin reading with verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of the season, Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. Watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Let's pray together. Father, it has been good to be in your house today with your people, as already been mentioned, the fellowship, the good spirit, the common bond we have in Christ. And Lord, of course, we would pray if there would happen to be someone here today who's not absolutely sure that Jesus is their Savior. Oh, may this be the day the Holy Spirit will draw them to Christ. Father, we thank you for your word. Now may the Holy Spirit Lord, just use these few minutes to take your word, speak to our hearts, and we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our theme for this year, as I've already mentioned, is to refocus. And one of the areas that we will be challenging all of us, we've already done it indirectly so far this year, is refocusing on the Word of God, refocusing on the Scripture. And uh, you'll notice in the first 13 verses of this chapter, and we won't take time to read them. 2 Timothy chapter 3, the first 13 verses, we're reminded the Apostle Paul said in the latter days, and we believe we're living in the last days of the last days, perilous, troublesome times will be coming. And you'll notice in those verses, in, uh, look at verse 7, it says during these times, 2 Timothy 3 verse 7, that men will be ever learning. We have more knowledge. All you got to do is Google it. Amen. And you can find the answer. Anything you want. 
I'm not sure I'd trust all of it, but you can find something. We're increasing in learning. We're ever learning, but yet never able to come to the knowledge of the what? Truth. Now, and he gives an example here of rebellion against God, verse 8. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses. Now back in the story of Moses there in Egypt when God demonstrated his power, Satan sought to demonstrate his power, didn't he? In the satanic inspired magicians. And here we believe God perhaps names two of those. They're unnamed back in Exodus. And he says, as these two withstood Moses, so do these people also, underline these words, who resist the truth, who resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. It's interesting in the four verses in Romans chapter 12 that we're challenging each other to memorize, Romans chapter 12 verses 1 through 4, that included in there is a phrase that goes like this about Jesus, that Jesus endured the contradiction of sinners against himself. And we mentioned last week, I believe, that that word contradiction there simply means against word, against the word. Jesus is the living word of God, amen? And we have the written word of God. And here we're told right here that we're living in times, verse 8, where men resist the truth, resist the truth. And we're living in those times right now. So Paul, writing to the Timothy, when this was first written, but it's for our benefit today, in the context of all this, and then you go into chapter 4, and it says there will come a time when men will no longer want to. They'll even go to church on Sunday, but they don't want to hear the truth of the Word of God. They want their ears scratched, their back. They want somebody to make them feel good in living their ungodly, sinful lives. Amen? How many times has somebody come to you and say, Hey, uh, can you give me your opinion about this? And they're not really looking for the truth. They're searching and searching to try to find uh, 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 somebody that will agree with them, ease their conscience, and make them feel better. But in the midst of all this, and I lay, said that as a background, notice Paul's challenge or God's challenge to Timothy during all this in verse 14. But Timothy, in the midst of all this apostasy and rebelling against God and resisting the truth of God, what should you do as an individual true, born again, saved child of God? Amen. Verse 14, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Amen. First of all, can I remind us this as we focus on the Bible this morning? Number one, <clears throat> are you absolutely sure do you have a Holy Spirit-wrought, Bible-based conviction <laughs> that the Bible truly is the Word of God? Amen. Notice Paul said to Timothy, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, verse 16, all Scripture from the first verse of Genesis to the last verse of the book of Revelation, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word inspiration means God breathed or God spoken, just like I'm up here speaking right now. In the first few chapters of Genesis, we were reminded even in the men's rally yesterday, in creation, bang, God spoke and there it was, amen. And I'm breathing, I'm speaking out words, I'm breathing. We believe the Bible is, the God, is God's word, God breathed, and the holy men of God were led of the Holy Spirit of God as they penned it down. And we have it preserved for us today, amen. 
Notice Paul said to Timothy in verse 14, the things you've learned and has been what? Assured of. Now you may be here today and you may say, hey, I, I'm not up on, on all these arguments that people and theologians and Bible teachers use to prove the Bible's the Word of God. I need to learn more. I'm not up on all the fulfilled prophecy. I'm not up on all the archaeological discoveries. I'm not up on all the internal evidence, the external evidence. I'm not up on, and I don't have all these arguments, so-called arguments that I can use. Well, I tell you what you can do. You can get down on your knees somewhere and get that Bible out and start reading it and say, oh, if there's the least little doubt in your heart, you can cry out to God as many have done and say, oh, God, if this is truly your word, may the Holy Spirit give me that absolute conviction and assurance I need. <clears throat> because even as we were reminded again yesterday with the preacher that was here, as we were going through those early chapters of Genesis, Genesis chapter 3 if Satan can put the least little doubt in your mind and heart about the Word of God, <clears throat> Satan can lead you to destruction as far as your faith and testimony is concerned. I want you to hold your place here <clears throat> in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and just turn back a few pages in your Bible and you'll come to 1 Timothy and keep going back. Don't you love backing up? Then you'll come to 2 Thessalonians. And then keep going till you come to 1 Thessalonians. Keep going back till you come to 1 Thessalonians. And then look at chapter 2. And I love this verse. And, uh, and there are many verses like this, many passages. If we had time this morning, we could look up. But look what the Apostle Paul, <clears throat> as he's led by the Holy Spirit, was able to say to these Christians from Thessalonica, the Thessalonians. I love this verse. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. We, we were challenged and said it's good to be thankful. Boy, here's something to be thankful for. Listen to this. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye receive the what? The word of God. And by the way, the word received there means you opened up your heart to it. Now, one of these days, and we won't have time to say much about it today, we want to talk about memorizing and meditating on the Scripture. I hope you're memorizing and meditating on Hebrews 12, 1 through 4. Now, the world tells us meditation's a wonderful thing. Yes, just take time to relax and meditate and just open, free your mind of everything. And just open your mind up, oh, and just meditate. And I'll tell you what, the devil will be glad to fill your mind with something to think about. Amen? The Word of God talks about meditating, but you're opening your mind and heart to the Word of God. That's what, that's what Paul's been thankful for here. He's saying that you received, you opened up your heart to the Word of God which you heard of us, we just happen to be the messengers, the Sunday school teachers, the pastor, the evangelist. You received the word of God, which you heard of us, but you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the very word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that what? Believe. Isn't that a tremendous, whoa, the truth that's contained in that one verse of Scripture. Now go back with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 
I want to ask you a question this morning because if there's the least little doubt about whether or not you believe the Bible to read the Word of God, I believe it from cover to cover, and I'm like the old country preacher. I believe the Word of God's inspired from cover to cover, and sometimes I wonder even if the cover's not inspired. Amen? It's the Holy Bible, Holy Scripture. And if there's the least little doubt, you need to get on your knees and cry out to God and say, oh, God, give me that Holy Spirit rock conviction I need. Are you, have you, lear- are you learning and are you assured, is what Paul said to Timothy, and you assured that you have the Word of God? Now, I know, and we don't have time to get into all these things this morning. Psalms 12, verses 6 and 7, jot this down if you're not familiar with it. Psalms 12, 6 and 7 says that talks about the Word of God that's pure and purified as silver in a fire, fiery furnace. And God will preserve it for generate every generation to come. Psalm 12, verses 6 and 7. Someone asked me just a few days ago, well, I, I know, but the Bible's been retranslated, rewritten down through the centuries. Can we still trust the Bible? God promised that He will preserve His Word. You know, my older brother asked me that question several years ago. He said, Smitty, that's my family name. He said, you know... Uh, the Bible's, it's been so long since God gave us the Bible, and I picked up on that, what he said, that since God gave the Bible, he said, and it's been retranslated, rewritten, and passed down. Can we still trust it? And I looked at him, and I said, I noticed you made an interesting statement. Do you believe God gave us the Bible to begin with? Oh, yeah, I've never doubted that. Well, if, God, if you've got enough faith to believe that God gave us the Bible to begin with, then don't you believe God's big enough to keep it preserved, amen, in spite of everything man's done to try to destroy it? Why would God have given it to us to start with if God was going to let puny man like you and me destroy it? Now, that may not be too much of a theological argument, but it satisfies my heart, amen. Are you assured today that you have the Word of God? We believe it's the divine revelation. We believe it was given by divine inspiration. And by the way, listen to me, look up here. It's the only book on the market that you've got to personally know the author to really understand it. Amen. How many books have you written? And if the author walked in your presence, you wouldn't even know who he or she was. But this one, you've got to know the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about the human authors. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. It is the Word of God. Number two, notice Paul reminds Timothy that It's important to be assured that it is the Word of God. And number two, the Word of God is profitable. Now, the world will tell you, you know, it's all right to go through there and read some of those encouraging things, but don't get too hung up on it. You'll end up losing your mind. They'll put you in a rubber room somewhere. Amen? Now, that's what Christless religion will do to you. And I'll tell you, the Word of God's never hurt anybody. Oh, it may may step on your toes, and it'll tell you the truth about yourself. It's like Paul teaches us in the book of Hebrews that it's like a two-edged sword that will do spiritual surgery on you. But the Word of God's profitable. Notice he mentions several areas there in verse 16. First of all, in verse 15, it'll show you how to be saved. Amen. That's pretty beneficial, isn't it? Amen. Are y'all still with me now? Hang on. Just hang on a couple of minutes. Look at verse 15. And that from a child, from a child, Listen, these are some of the practical things we want to talk about this this coming year as we talk about refocusing on the Word of God. Are we reading our Bibles? Are we reading our Bibles with our spouses? Are we reading our Bibles with our children? 
are we memorizing these scriptures together as families? And some of us, we can't go back. Some of us, if we could go back and redo some things, maybe we would do a better job at it. But hey, from this moment on, we can, by the grace of God, change some of those things. Amen. And that from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. And how is it? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you say that's pretty beneficial and profitable? Amen. And then he goes on to say, what about after I get saved? Look at verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine. Pastor Hall, how do I know? Man, there's so many voices out there. Some, How do I know about doctrine there means teaching? What's right? What's wrong? How do I know what to believe and what not to believe? God's given us a Bible, amen. It's profitable for doctrine so that you not only know how to be saved and know that you are saved, but what to believe, what not to believe. For reproof. Oh, man, how many of you just love to be reproved? You got up this morning, God, help somebody reprove me and rebuke me before the day's over. You know, we need that, don't we? God in love and mercy. And you're reading the Bible and God takes His Word and, he, and the Holy Spirit convicts you in those things that shouldn't be there and convicts you in those areas where you need to be more. Why? Because God loves you and wants you to grow. Now, you know, some people take the Bible like a smorgasbord meal. They go through and take what they like and just leave what they don't like. No, you either take it all or none. Amen. Take it all or none. It's profitable for, for salvation, for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction. You know, the Word of God not only shows us the areas we need help in, God in His love, love and mercy gives us the instructions on how to get those areas straightened out. Amen. And what to do. For instruction in righteousness. God's, it's an instruction book teaching us how to live and how not to live. and It, answers, it gives us principles to build our life upon. That the man of God or the woman of God or the child of God may be perfect. The word perfect there means complete. It has to do with growing and maturing as a child of God. The Bible, a newborn baby desires milk. Peter said, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow by that. And that little baby finally gets to the place where he wants them, those delicious, wonderful, God-given little bottles of baby food. Right? They just love that stuff until they get a taste of real food. And then you start to put that stuff in their mouth and they go, spit it all out. And then they want something. Now, how many of you are still drinking milk? Sometimes, do you? How many of you, that's all you ever eat is milk? You're totally living off of milk. Anybody? Unless it's the newborn baby. Thank God for milk. But after a while, you want some meat of the word. Amen. You want to grow and be fed. And that word perfect there means growing, maturing. Why? Thoroughly furnished or thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And that means that we might grow and be strong and full of the Holy Spirit that we might be equipped, equipped to serve the Lord and stand strong in the, against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Let me ask you a question. Has the Bible made a difference in your life? Amen. When I got saved as a 14-year-old teenager, somebody, and I don't remember all the details, somebody gave me a Bible. It may have been my parents. It may have been somebody in my family. It may have been my Sunday school teacher. It was a Bible sort of like what we would call a pew Bible, just a, no, no notes in it, just the scripture. 
And I remember as a 14-year-old, and I'd gone to church since I had diapers on, and, and, and I enjoyed uh, the stories and the jokes, and I heard preaching on men. I heard preaching heaven sweet, hell hot. Man, we, I've heard it all. But once I truly got saved, I had an appetite for the Word of God like I'd never had before. And I found myself, I stuck a piece of paper in my Bible, and as I jokingly say, I stole a pencil off the back, out of a songbook rack in the church. I don't think I stole it. I think they were took out of use. And I noticed they didn't have erasers on them. Ever seen those little pencils that didn't have erasers? And somebody told me later, said, the reason it doesn't have an eraser on it is because you're not supposed to make any mistakes. You'll get that in a minute. And I remember as a teenager, now I wish I could stand here and tell you that during my 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 year old years, that I read the Bible every day, man, I was, no, no I didn't, no I didn't. I'll tell you what, I had a, I had a hunger for the Word of God like I'd never had before. When I went to church and the preacher would preach and the teacher would teach the Word of God, all of a sudden there was something inside of me, there was, there was something that, that wanted, just like I wanted that Big Mac to McDonald's or whatever it was I had an appetite for back then. But physically, I had an appetite for the Word of God. Even though sometimes I struggled against it, even though many times I disobeyed it, hey, there was something different. I'm going to tell you what, if you're a true born-again child of God, there's going to be a spiritual appetite in you for the Word of God. Amen? It's going to make a difference. So number one, are you assured that God's Word is really God's Word this morning? And do you realize how profitable it is? Now, what do we need to do about that? Let me just say this quickly, and we'll come back and pick up on it later. Look at chapter 4. You're in 2 Timothy. Look at chapter or chapter 3. Go back to chapter, you're in chapter 3. Look at verse 14. Continue thou in the things which thou hast what? Learned. How are you going to learn the Bible? You say, man, I'm dependent on everything you say, Pastor, on Sunday morning. How many of you eat one meal a day? One meal a week, I mean, and that's all you eat. Anybody here? One meal a week. Folks, if you're trying to spiritually survive on just what your pastor gives you or your Sunday school teacher gives you, now hopefully we're giving you something out of the Word of God you're not going to be very spiritually strong, amen? Let's be honest about it. Now, I'm going to ask you a couple of practical questions. I want you to be honest with yourself. You don't have to raise your hand. I'll try to be honest. Just since last Sunday, just since last Sunday, how much of the Bible have you read? You know, there may be somebody here today, and you say, Pastor, if, if you knew the truth, I'd turn red. I'd be so embarrassed. I hadn't even picked up my Bible since last Sunday until I got ready to come to church today. Now, I don't know if there's anybody here that way. There may be. There were times in my life after I got saved when that would have been true of me. Maybe you say, oh, I've picked it up a few times this week and read a real verse real quick before I ran out the door. Or thank God today with all the technology. You know, I carry a Bible in my pocket everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. Judy goes into, she says, drop me off at Walmart. I'm just going to run in and grab a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread. I'll be right back out in two minutes. I know it's going to be 20. I, I just know it. 
And that's that's how that's I mean that's nothing critical. That's just that's how women are, right, man? How many? All you men, raise your hand real quick. Grip the preacher, amen. Right. <laughs> so I can turn my radio on, BBN or WNLR or something, or I can get my Bible locked on and sit in my car. That's and read the Word of God. We've been so blessed. Let me ask you this: Did you study your Bible any this week? Study to show thyself approved unto God. Workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing, rightly handling the Word of God. Did you try to memorize a verse of Scripture this week? When's the last time? When's the last time you even, even if you make the commitment and 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 fall short somewhere? When's the last time you really even said, you know what? I I think I'm going to give a shot at trying to read the Bible all the way through, maybe during 2020. When's the last time you took a verse of Scripture and really meditated on it? Wherefore, seeing you're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Wherefore, seeing, seeing, write that verse on a piece of paper, a card, stick it in your pocket all through the day, pull it out and look at it. Wherefore, seeing, 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 of, understanding, comprehending. Oh, I see. We're foreseeing. We, we, Paul wrote that for his, but it's for us today. We, I can put my name there. We're foreseeing. We are compassed about with so great a cloud, cloud, a, a mass, a great, such a mass of faithful Christians have come and gone before us. And look, I'm not here alone today. There's other born again believers. But look, seeing we are compassed about with so great a mass, a cloud of witnesses. Let us, therefore, let us, let me, therefore, lay aside every weight. It might be something good morally, but it may be hindering me. Let us, let, let, that means, that's my response. It's something I, a decision I have to make. Let us lay aside a few weights, every weight, and sin. Sin in general, what's, what's the sin that's hindering me, Lord? Is it my bitterness, my laziness, my undiscipline, my cold heart? What is it? What is the sin? Lay inside the weights and the sin that does so easily beset us. <laughs> Maybe it's discouragement. See, why that? We may run the race, the Christian fight that is set before us. Just take that verse and rip it apart and take every word and meditate on it. And the Holy Spirit of God can open it up and illuminate to you in the context of the rest of the Scriptures and the Word of God. Challenges this morning in a very practical way. Some of us might be ashamed. If God on this screen right now blotted the picture off and put up that, how much we've been reading our Bible, how much we've been studying it, how much we've been memorizing it, meditating on it. Boy, we say, we all say, glory to God, we've got God's treasure. We believe it's the Word of God. And I read just this week, listen to this. One preacher said this, the greatest danger for some is that Satan will put a dart of doubt and they'll start questioning the Word of God. But you know what the biggest danger 
for most of us as true born-again believers are. We take it for so for granted. We have Bibles laying all over the place. Like Lucky Charms laying on the mantle on the dashboard in our car, we carry Bibles around in our pocket all the time. And where the devil gets us is we just take no time to read it, no time to study it, no time to memorize it, no time to meditate on it, and no time to say, oh, God. And you know, I close with this. Ken mentioned earlier, I believe, that he started last Sunday night. He's going to be preaching through the book of Revelation on uh, Sunday night. Gave an introduction to it last Sunday. Not so we can all figure out who the Antichrist is going to be and all that, but we want to have a fresh, clear vision of Jesus, looking unto Jesus. Did you know the third verse in the book of Revelation, Revelation 1, verse 3 says that God promises a special blessing to them that will just read it? I sat down the other day and read through the first eight chapters just in a few minutes. And then those who will learn it and listen to it and those who will heed it and put it to practice in their life. That's a threefold blessing. God said, I'll bless you just for reading And I'll really bless you if you'll listen to it and learn it. And then by God's grace, if you'll take heed to it and put it to practice, wow, God says, I'll just dump the honey bucket on you. Amen. Well, you can't get any better than that. I'm simply trying to remind you, if there's the least doubt in your heart today whether the Bible's the Word of God, get that thing settled. I heard, uh, and I know in our circle sometimes we don't mention Billy Graham too often, but I heard a story, and any of you heard it, When Billy Graham went to Bible college, and actually he started out at Bob Jones University, and he had one of his closest friends, and I don't remember the name of the fellow. They both felt called to preach. They both went to Bible college. And Billy Graham's friend began to doubt and question whether the Bible was really true, all the Bible was really true. And they had conversations and discussed it. You know how good friends are. And more and more, his best friend began to doubt and question and slip away from the authority of the inspired Word of God. And according to what I read, Billy Graham one day went out into the woods, got down on his knees, and said, God, I've got to get this settled in my heart. He said, I don't have all the arguments. I haven't learned all the arguments. But I'm going to settle it right here on my knees. Before I get up again, if I can't believe every verse of this book, I'm not going to believe any of it. And he got up on his knees. And whether you agree with all of his methods and down through the years and all that, how many times did you hear him say, the scriptures say, the scriptures say, the scriptures say, the scriptures say. And he sure preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. And only God knows how many souls are going to be in heaven. Now, folk, I don't care what mom and dad, I do care what mom and when it comes, there comes a time in your life when you've got to decide for yourself, by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit, whether this is the Word of God or not. Now, if it is, as we say it is, why don't we read it more? Why don't we memorize it? Why don't we meditate on it? Why don't we really act as though we really, truly believe it's the Word of God? It's the only way we're going to grow. That's what we need in these times we're living. Can you say amen to that? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, today, 
We thank you for the wonderful, wonderful gift of the treasure of your word. Shows us how to be saved, points us to Jesus. It's profitable, God, in every area of our lives. And God, may in a very simple, practical way, as we refocus in this area, God, help us to read it. Help us to read it with our spouses, our children, our grandchildren. As you taught the nation of Israel, God, to hang it on our walls and on our door. Talk about it when we get up in the morning, throughout the day. Take advantage of every opportunity we have to share the Word of God and the principles and statutes of the Word of God one with another. We thank you for the truth of your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, would you stand with me, please? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I appreciate your patience this morning. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Aren't you thankful for the Word of God? I'm going to ask Angie, if she would, just to begin to play softly on the piano. And while she's playing, can you say, as Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, you've known the Scriptures. They've made you wise unto salvation. And your faith and trust is in Jesus Christ. Can you say that today? If not, would you come and let someone pray with you and help you? That's the starting point. The Word of God gives us the truth about God. It gives us the truth about ourselves. Jesus went to that old rugged cross and died for our sins, was buried and rose again. Would you come to Jesus this morning? Come to Jesus right where you stand. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's God's promise. You can take him at his word. With a repentant heart, put your faith and trust in Jesus. In a very practical way, can I challenge, and I'm speaking to myself, would you ask God to help you to read that Bible, study it, memorize it, meditate on it, with your spouse, with your family? You just let God take it and apply it to your situation. We have the most, outside of Jesus Christ himself, the most wonderful treasure. We have the very word of God. Let's not take it for granted. And may God help us to refocus on it. D.L. Moody wrote in the flyleaf of his Bible, This book will keep me from sin. Our sin will keep me from this book. Amen. It's the word of God. I ask the pianist to finish this verse, and that will be all. If we can help you, we can help you at all. May please come. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Thank you for being here today. Be sure and go by and introduce yourself to the Rochesters. If any way they can be a help to you, they'd be glad to. Uh, remember as you leave to kind of keep an open space down there for customers to get in and out of the store. God bless you. We'll see choir practice tonight at 5 and right back for the 6 o'clock service tonight. Good day. God bless you.